0: Hi, Eric Asher here with my good friend Mike Delucia, the TikTok cafe. What's say, Eric? Hey, Mike. You know what? My prescription medication, the TikTok cafe, have in common? What's that? They me? cause drowsiness, dizziness, nausea, cramps, diarrhea, blurred vision, muscle aches, gas, heartburn, upset stomach, constipation, weight changes, decreased sex drive, impudence, dry mouth, ringing finished. in the ears, depression. Oh yeah, and suicidal thoughts. It's the TikTok cafe, cosmate I Ten in Metro.
1: Day. We're
0: going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party,
1: baby. Are
2: you ready? Are
0: you ready?
3: Now, here's our man.
0: Welcome to another edition of Inside New Orleans. I'm your host, Eric Asher. 106.1 FM Nash icon on your radio dial. Taking you home each and every weekday afternoon, 4 to 6. Thanks so much for being there. On, on the digital platforms, iHeartRadio, TuneIn tune in Radio app. Take the show with you anywhere. Again, you can listen uh, live, or again, you can check out the podcast there. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchor's our home base, but we're on all podcasting platforms. Uh, Also, again, um, don't forget, dash FM 106.1 and ericasher.com on the World Wide Web. We got you covered all over. Uh, On today's program, brought to you by our friends at the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambos, Old New Orleans Cookery, and Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant. Gary Smith of Noel.com and The Wave Report will join us at around 4.15 Uh, Glenn Gilbo of Outkick.com will join us at 435. Jordy Collada of the Jordy Collada Show at 5.15 p.m. And then Ross Jackson, live from the Combine up in Indianapolis. Uh, He's with uh, Locked on Saints Podcast. Plus, he's he's joined another publication. I will let him tell you about that, introduce that publication to you. Uh, He will join us at 535 this afternoon. As mentioned, today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. All are open seven days a week. All, again, have a tremendous amount of seafood dishes for you to be able to enjoy during the Lenten season. And, of course, all are open late. Um, uh, Oceana Grill, the mothership, uh, 739 Conti Bourbon Street, Mambo's, uh, 411 Bourbon Street, uh, also uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant uh, in in the corner of Lake Villa and Veterans in Metairie, Uh, and, uh, of course, uh, Old New Orleans Cookery, which is the uh, sponsor, uh, again, title sponsor for this half hour. 205 Bourbon Street, serving lunch and dinner seven days a week. Uh, first of all, if you love to sit in a place where you got big, beautiful picture windows and do some people watching on Bourbon Street, Old New Orleans Cookery is the spot. 200 block of Bourbon Street, right next to Galatoire's, huge uh, picture windows. You can overlook Bourbon Street, check out all the sites. Uh, maybe you want to sit in in the back of the restaurant, which, again, is a authentic French Quarter courtyard. Beautiful by day, spectacular by night. Uh, not one, but two Bourbon Street balconies with adjoining rooms and private restrooms to have your next event. But again, also when they're, they're when they're not having it, using it for an event, they use that for an overflow for their um, uh, for the restaurant. But again, a perfect place to be able to again have, have a party uh, right there on Bourbon Street. First of all, incredible Cajun uh, Creole cuisine. Uh, the, the cocktails are extraordinary, outstanding cocktails from, from some of New Orleans' great mixologists, and of course, just a just a really again. Uh, family friendly place, place where you can uh, bring your, your your first date or again uh, maybe you and, and, and uh, your significant other are getting together for, for a date night uh, or again, maybe you're trying to close that deal with um, with that business person with that with that client. man, you can do that over at Old New Orleans Cookery. Oh, to find out more, go to nolacookery.com that's nolacookery.com because it's always a great time on bourbon Street at Old New Orleans Cookery, part of again the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill. Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, and, of course, let's not forget about the Hideout Bar, which is just a cool place. I'm just telling you. Just cool. I mean, again, um, there's a few places in the French Quarter where you can just kind of say, you walk into it and you go, man, this is just a cool little bar. And, and, and again, uh, the Hideout Bar is one of those. Uh, It's a courtyard-type setting. Uh, you can uh, you can uh, head into the building, which is over 300 years old, with a bar in it, always live music for you. Uh, just a cool little place to be right there next to, next to Mambo's. We'll tell you more about that in, in hour number two. All right, um, looking forward to um, uh, having Gary uh, Smith on the program today, talk a little bit about what's going on with Tulane, uh, the University of New Orleans, Loyola. We'll get into all that, football, football, basketball, and baseball if we have time. If not, we will concentrate on, on basketball, and, and, and also um uh you know the um, uh baseball season. Uh but um, congratulations uh to uh, to UNL getting a win last night over um, Houston just right here on one oh six point one FM, seventy five to seventy four. They're now seventeen and eleven, ten and three. Uh they're in second place in, in, in the South and and Gary and I are gonna talk about it. Just a huge game. You can't get any bigger than the game on the Bayou against Nichols on Saturday. Uh, Tulane 12-13, 9-7. They're in sixth place in the American. Uh, looks like Jalen Cook's out for tonight's game against UCF. So we'll, talk, we'll discuss that. Uh, look, they're going to have to win the tournament to get into the NCAA. There's no other way around it. Uh, of course, Loyola, man, they're ready. They are poised for a national championship. Uh, number two in the NAIA. Uh, and remember, the only game they lost was a game in which they again were, were stricken by COVID. And then they came back and blew uh, Faulkner out, uh, which is the team that, that they, they lost to within the conference. 31 and 1. 31 and 1. 17 and 1 in the conference. They're con- the SSAC, regular season and tournament champions. Uh, they will host uh, the, their, their version of March Madness uh, at Tulane. Uh, both the men's and women's, so we'll talk about that uh, as we go forward. And last night, just a tough night uh, for the LSU Tigers. Uh, they're now 20-10 and 10 after losing to Arkansas 77-76. to 76. They got Alabama on tap at home on Saturday. That's their last regular season game before next week's conference tournament. Uh, they are now 8-9 and nine in the SEC, 8th in the SEC overall. They are still in the March Madness, believe it or not. Uh, the bracketology you know, folks have them somewhere between a sixth and a seventh seed. Now that 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 could go into a tailspin if they lose this weekend against um, Alabama, but they're still in in the mix here uh, to, to be able to go into, into March Madness, which is good news. But uh, you know, let me just say this: I I can't I say I don't get on officiating much because it, this I, I've kind of changed. Oh, you know, especially after the, um, the 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 situation with the Saints. Uh, with the Rams and of course the Nola no call, but and I'm not trying to make an excuse for the LSU Tigers. I I, I am not okay. Believe me, but the officiating last night and, and honestly throughout the season, um, in in all sports. I mean I, you know I can go to football. I can go to basketball. I can I could I could go. I could I could talk about on the pro level on the college level, uh, and and let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It is it is bad all over, and and last night. The most inconsistent calls I've seen in college basketball in a long time. First of all, don't call block charge if you don't know what a block charge is. I mean, you know, this kid Williams has this reputation as being a a great uh, defender, 6'10". That's all I heard about last night. Uh, One of the top uh, players in all the NCAA in terms of taking block charges. Well, his reputation must have preceded him because there were three block charges. He was involved in them. Every one of them was a block. Every one of them was a block. And it hurt shoot down, down the stretch. You know, Eason went out uh, again. Uh, We're with, with, with fouling out again. That's the third straight game, fouling out. And, and the Tigers have been in a free-for-all, a free-fall since, again, losing to Arkansas at midseason. And they've never recovered from that. I mean, again, it's just, you know, the inconsistency uh, and the lack of shooting has really shown its ugly head. But um, really, really frustrating if you're a Tiger fan and frustrating if you're just a sports fan in general. And I'm going to say it again. This is not just for the NFL. This is not just for the NBA. This is not just for Major League Baseball or even those that are hockey fans. This is also on the collegiate level as well. There is too much money tied up in, the, in, in, in sports on the collegiate level and the professional level for them not to have full-time officials. I mean, now you've got the, again, legalized gambling in, in the United States where people are putting up their hard-earned money uh, to, to be able to bet on games. And at the end of the day, again, the one thing you've got to be able to have is officiating that 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 is competent and can be relied upon, and, and across the board, I've seen this over and over again. With not just on the professional level, but on the collegiate level as well, the officiating sucks, and it does. It makes it not fun to watch games at times. Last night was just again a horrible officiated game uh, by the SEC officials uh, with, with LSU and Arkansas. And I'm not trying to make a, 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 an excuse for the Tigers. I'm not, uh, but it's again these leagues. Um, they don't, whether it be on the professional or on the collegiate level, they have to go to full-time officials. There's no other way around it. And I know it's tough. Nobody wants to be official these days, right? Even in our own backyard, trying to get guys to officiate men's leagues or little league, again, just, there's, a, again there's been a drop-off where, where people just don't want to officiate anymore because they don't want to take the abuse from the parents. Well, that's where it starts, okay? But eventually, if you want to do that for a career, again, you, you have to go, and it has to be, can be your part-time gig. It's got to be a full-time gig. With that said, let's move on and, and, and bring in Gary Smith um, of of old.com the Wave Report advocate and Times Picayune. Uh, I know he's to be frustrated with this. Well, he goes to more. He is there live uh, at all these games. Again, uh, you know that's that's most of his time, and he sees how bad the officiating has gotten. Not just on the professional level, but on the collegiate level as well. Gary, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend?
4: Doing good, Eric. Doing good.
0: I mean, Gary, can you concur with that yeah. or with the officiating? Yeah. I mean, it's just I'll
4: um, just, you, just taking I a did... dip. I watched a lot of the Arkansas-LSU game last night, and I'll tell you what's strange is I just read the other day um, that there actually have been fewer fouls called This year than in any year in NCAA modern NCAA basketball history. You wouldn't have known it (laughs) by watching the LSU Arkansas game last night because there were forty fouls called in forty minutes. And you're right; it was why it was all over the board. A lot of questionable calls. Um, It did affect the quality of the game and possibly the result at at the end. Um, You know, I (laughs) I've always felt like basketball was the hardest. For it to officiate anyway, because it's yes. up and down action, a lot, of, a lot of close calls. But um, I, I'll, I'll say this: Tulane's been on the the Tulane games this year have been officially. <laughs> Tulane won a game against Wichita State where an official made a call you almost never see on the road where a Tulane player where Noble Days did take a charge with one second left, and they called it mm-hmm. on the road, and if they had called him for a block, Tulane loses that game. So it hasn't affected Tulane as much, but you're right. It, you, it, it's hard to watch games these days without seeing one, two, three, four, five calls, and you're scratching your head wondering what was the official looking at.
0: <laughs> and, and, and especially with, again, now uh, sports betting being legal in the United States, and, and, again, the leagues owe it to the, the fans, to to those that are wagering, to be able to get it right mm-hmm. and, and, and to have full-time officials. And, look, maybe it takes a little bit more piece of the pie, but at least you're getting, again, a, a, a officiating games that are being officiated by professionals and not some guy that, again, that, that's his sideline.
4: Yeah, well, when, when the public's confidence is eroded – um, then, then, then that makes a difference, and I do think we've almost reached the point where people just—I mean, it, it's to the point where even if the official makes the right call, there's been there's so little trust in, in in what they're doing now that people don't believe them, and that's that's a problem for the sport and and and, and all sports right now.
0: I'm with you. Let's talk about Tulane. <laughs> uh, I read your article this morning. Jalen Cook uh, out for tonight's game against
4: UCF. Most likely, I mean, there's no guarantees, but seeing as how, uh, unless there's subterviews going on, and that's that's not Ron Hunter's mo when he's talking about the guys 50 50 for playing again the rest of this year, you, you have to think that he won't be available tonight. He did say he was day to day, and that he and that Cook wanted to play, but I and I'm just I'm just going by the eyeball test. He mm-hmm. he was really limping badly when he pulled up against against Temple on Sunday. I mean, he could barely lift his leg up as he was walking around. Um, yeah, it depends. I, 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 hey, one of his relatives tweeted at me today that it depends on whether it's a grade one, grade two, or grade three hamstring pull, but uh, it, it, just again by the eyeball test. Actually watching it happen, I can't imagine that he'll be able to play tonight. And I probably, I think Ron Hunter's right. It's probably 50 50 whether whether we see Jalen Cook again this year. Tulane still, it's a huge opportunity for Tulane tonight. Um, yeah, after he went out, they were down three points when he when he left the game against Temple, and they pretty much played Temple even for the rest of that second half. Too. This is a this is a much better Tulane team than in December when he missed a game and and they completely fell apart. Um, I, I think Tulane has a reasonable chance to beat UCF tonight. But I'd say that's about fifty-fifty at this point. And if Tulane wins, Tulane most likely will be able to secure that buy that they that they desperately need going into the to the conference tournament. Again, if Jalen Cook doesn't play, there's no way Tulane being is gonna is gonna win is gonna have any chance to win that tournament. But if but if he does come back and Tulane gets a bye, you never know. And but but certainly. Getting that bye and only having to play three games makes a huge difference yeah. than having to play on the opening Thursday and having having to play four games. So so a huge game for Tulane tonight. Also, a home game. Tulane is six and two at home in the American Athletic Conference. Their best previous record in seven years in the league was two and seven at home. That tells you the sea change that that, that Ryan Hunter has made in the program this year. But they really want to cap it off with a win in their in their in their final home game, and, and we'll see if they can get it done without most likely without Jalen Cook tonight.
0: All right, with, with that said, who steps in now to fill that void?
4: Jalen Forbes, he's been terrific. I mean, Ron Hunter campaigned for him to be first team All American Athletic Conference. When I talked to him yesterday, he's not going to be first team. There's not enough. I mean, but he's had that type of year for Tulane lately. He's had 20, he, he had a four game stretch at the end of um, February where he averaged 24.3 points a game. Um, he, he's really stepped it up. He was a little inconsistent at the beginning of the year. He, he's no longer that. He was he, he carried the team last year. Um, they they weren't that successful, but when they won, it was because of Jalen Forbes. He's now a lot more experienced in his second year. He's definitely the team leader without Jalen Cook on the floor, and he's going to kind of have to. They, they, they've got other good players, of course, but it, it, it's going to be Jalen Forbes is going to have to stabilize this group and and, and and make them make sure they believe that they can actually win without Jalen Cook.
0: Okay how how does Tulane get in, get get into a situation where they're getting
2: the buy
4: Yeah that they, if they win tonight there's a three-way possibility. Um, it, it, it's complicated, but if, if Tulane wins tonight, obviously if they then go ahead and win at SMU, which is going to be a, a, a tall order on, on Sunday because SMU is playing for an NCAA tournament, possible NCAA tournament berth. If they beat SMU, they would, they would lock it down. But there's two other ways. It, I'm assuming Temple's going to lose to Houston tonight. Temple plays, at, plays South Florida at home in their last game. If they lost that, Tulane would get a by. That's extremely unlikely. South Florida is the worst team in the league. But the other possibility, and it sure sounds strange, Wichita State on Saturday plays East Carolina at home right and if and if Wichita State beats East Carolina, they will finish ahead of East Carolina in the standings. If Tulane beats UCF, they'll tie in the conference standings, and they'll be tied in every tiebreaker. It goes by how you did against the team that finished first, how you did against the team that finished second. It would be tied all the way down to near the bottom of the league. Tulane swept Wichita State, East Carolina. I mean, um, UCF split with Wichita State. So if Wichita State finishes ahead of East Carolina in the standings, then Tulane would win the tiebreaker and, and get that bye. And, the, and and whoever wins the Wichita State-East Carolina game on Saturday will determine who finishes ahead in, in, in. Conversely, UCF swept East Carolina and Tulane split with them. So that game on Saturday. So if Tulane wins tonight and Wichita State beats um, East Carolina on Saturday at home, and, and they'll be favored to do it, then Tulane will lock down that buy even before they step on the court against SMU. And, and, and again, that would that would be huge because if Jalen Cook can't play against SMU, anything's possible. But it, that, that that's a tall order going on the road against a team playing for its NCAA tournament life and winning. So it'd really be nice for Tulane to know going into that game that they've already got that buy locked up.
0: This is why, if you're a Tulane fan, you have to subscribe to the Wave Report. This is the kind of information you're getting every single day from the Wave Report. And we'll let, let, um, we'll let uh, Gary tell you about that before we get out of here. All right, UNO 17-11, and 10-3, in a little bit of a downturn. They did yeah. kind of come back uh, again last night. Uh, they beat uh, Houston Baptist 75-74. to 74. It sets up for a huge game on the Bayou on Saturday against Nichols. Talk about it.
4: Yeah, it was a really, really disappointing, tough loss for UNO at Northwestern State last last weekend because it put them in this position now. Hey, if they beat Nichols, it doesn't matter, and and that it, a terrific it would be a terrific season because they're tied with Nichols for first. Whoever wins that game right. is the sole possession of first place, wins the conference and is the number one seed in the tournament. But what UNO did to themselves by losing to Northwestern State, if they lose it, Nichols they almost they very likely will fall to third place in the league because all mm-hmm. southeastern Louisiana has to do is beat Northwestern State, um, and, and, and then UNO would end up finishing behind them too. And the two top teams in the league get double buys to the semifinals. The third seed has to play a quarterfinal game and then play the number two seed that's well-rested the next day and then play another game the next day. Obviously, that's, it, it's doable for this UNO team, but obviously that makes it much harder than having a, a double buy. So, so, so the solution yeah. is just to go to Nichols and and win the game. Um, UNO certainly can. Nichols was kind of the preseason favorite by most people. Um, they they've got the the best player in the league, Ty Gordon. He hurt his knee at the beginning of the year and is was kind of a shell of himself for most of the year. But he, he he's back to being in top form recently, and uh, it, it's going to be UNO certainly capable of winning that game. But they got to play a lot better than they played in their last three games. I mean, they, no doubt. They they lost to Southeast. They lost to Northwestern State, and they were down 17 points with 15 minutes left at home last night to Houston Baptist. One by one, and Houston Baptist had the ball. Their best player Mm -hmm. decided he didn't want to shoot the ball and passed it up with three seconds left and turned it over, and and clock ran out. That UNO team can't beat North Nickel State. It's got to be the UNO team that we saw um, for most of February.
0: Loyola, thirty-one and one overall, seventeen and one in their conference. They win the SSAC regular season and tournament champions. Uh, if I read this correctly, they're going to have um, their um, uh, their March Madness games at Tulane. Am I right? And I believe that's going to start. Is that next week?
4: Yeah, I think it's next week. i, I, I got to be honest, I lost a little touch with them. I, I did a little research mm-hmm. after I heard you with, with that teaser. Um, but but that, yeah. that would be great if, if that's the case. But, but what, again, what an incredible season. They, hey, At the it, end really, of the year, they were actually struggling to beat the top two teams in their league. Mm-hmm. In the tournament, they played them again, and they beat them both easily. I mean, this, this, is, this yes. is an unbelievably good basketball team that, that Loyola Thanks. has this year. Um, obviously, when you only lose once, that, that, that says it all. But they, 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 they just ran through their conference tournament. Um, they clearly have an excellent chance to win the NIA national championship this year and it, 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 it's, it's going to be fun to see what happens
0: it really will be all right I got to ask it's early now we're going to get into this a little bit later on you know as we get a little bit deeper into the season but all right UNO Tulane talk about them uh, again in terms of baseball yeah. uh, it's only been a couple series how good do you mm-hmm. think they are?
4: well for Tulane yeah again it's early but the signs are terrific um just they, they went to louisiana tech they played this louisiana tech returned their same three pitchers last year that came came to Turchin stadium and kind of embarrassed tulane they swept them through a one hitter in the first game a two hitter in the second game tulane went against the same guys Played a terrible game on Friday night. Lost. We're down one to nothing in the fifth inning of the second game, which was shortened to seven innings on Sunday as a doubleheader because of bad weather on Saturday. Trevor Minder hits a two-run homer to put Tulane ahead, and since then that they have not looked back. In fact, that started a stretch of 24 innings when Tulane outscored its opponents 48 to seven. <laughs> 48 to seven, Eric. Um, they went to East. They 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 they. Won sounds Sunday. like an LSU
0: Tulane score from they, they back went, yeah, in the day. <laughs>
4: yeah, exactly. They won the second game of the doubleheader, 13 to five, against a a, a, a very good Louisiana Tech team um, that had beaten LSU easily in the midweek earlier. Then Tulane goes to Southeastern, which has been a house that that series has been a house of horrors that location has lost 8 of its last 9 to SLU, and they went 23 to 1 <laughs> um, second most lopsided victory against an in state team in school history top 10 for runs ever, top 10 for most lopsided victory ever, and that's a Southeastern team with a very good coach and Matt Reiser that was, that's picked to win the Southland Conference this year um, and then, and then re- rebounded the next night and beat Louisiana Tech in a midweek game Southeastern did. That tells you a lot about the confidence of this two-lane team. They're playing Mississippi State this week, and Mississippi State's the defending national champion. They've been awful so far this year. Mm. It's hard to believe that will continue. Chris Limones has been yeah. there for four years, and they've made the College World Series both years that it's been contested while he was there and they won the national championship last year but they've really been struggling they l they beat grambling two to one on tuesday and had only five hits and then they lost seven to one to southern miss uh yesterday this is a huge opportunity for tulane and, and it's a series they need to win um it, it's early in the year but but they'll if, if, if they win that series they will appear in the top 25 polls nationally and It really looks like this is the Tulane team that is finally primed to break that regional streak of not making one since, since 2016.
0: That, that, that is great news now again i i'm sorry i I went in a different direction i keep just saw Reggie reginelli scoring a lot of touchdowns against the Tigers and Tigers yeah, team and I was there for that
4: <laughs> no, I, that, that, that was, that was a long long time ago <laughs> it was but i i was there i was at that game um yeah um but both i I watched the one on t v the Tulane. i i was actually at the at fogelman arena to watch on the on the on the big screen a closed circuit mm-hmm. deal when Tulane went to baton in Region won in nineteen eighty two yes. and I was in the dome when 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 uh, who was it Mike McKay, McC- the quarterback, and Reggie yes. Reginelli? And they just busted up LSU 48 to 7 the year before that. Yeah,
0: Oof, man, I'm telling you. All right, uh, UNO. <laughs> yeah. Now they beat Kansas again, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, a Power Five conference, but good. then they lose to LSU. So,
4: how good are they? Good, good start. It, it's Early to tell with them, but that's certainly a good start. Um, They're beating Kansas. Kansas is not a good team in the Big 12, but they're like you said, they're a Power Five team. That's they're a respectable team. You can't. uh, uh, Then UNO ran into an LSU team that one was still, I'm sure, angry about how horribly they played at Louisiana Tech last week when they made five errors. Um, That wasn't going to happen again. So you can't. uh, That's that's that was a tough ask for UNO to to beat them last night. It's still too early with them to know, but certainly. if they had gotten swept by Kansas, if they hadn't been competitive, that would have been a concerning sign. But but so far, all signs are good. I think UNO was picked third in the Southland before the year. Blake Dean is an excellent coach, too. Um, We'll we'll, we'll learn a lot more about them as the season goes along here. Um, Certainly, they haven't haven't risen to the heights that Tulane has early in the year, but, but certainly a respectable start for UNO.
0: No doubt about it. Always appreciate your time and your knowledge. Tell the folks about the wave report i 'm telling you folks this the the stuff you get on a Thursday on this show you get every day on the wave report. Talk about it.
4: Yeah, it's um the com, um tulane.rivals.com. The one thing we didn't talk about Eric and it, it, we don't have time really to get into detail on it, but one concerning thing, the Tulane football team has lost two assistant coaches this week who never coached a game for Tulane. The defensive line coach okay. just is leaving for Colorado by all reports, and we know for a fact that Jeep Wade, their offensive line coach, um left for Appalachian State. That that that's tough. That's the second straight year that Tulane's hired an offensive line coach in the offseason and he's left. <laughs> Um, wow. Before then, and at least the coach last year went to Iowa. It, it's not good when your co- when a coach is leaving to go to Appalachian State. I don't know what that's about, but anyway, full discussion of that on on on, on my website and um and and looking to the future. I'm I, it'll, it, it's going to be two lane. Spring practice opens in a week. It's going to be interesting to hear what Willie Frick yeah. says about all of that because it, 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 it's strange. <laughs> I, I've well, never. Ed seen like is this.
0: available. a defensive in line years. coach.
4: Yeah, but, uh, that Chatt, Yeah, I mean that's a that was a, that was a big coup for Tulane. He was he was only an right. analyst at LSU, but he had a very high reputation coming in, and I don't mm-hmm. know. Call me old-fashioned. I've read people, people saying, well, you, if you're a coach, you can't turn down a bigger job. I, to me, if you accept a job, you need to stay there for a year. That's just I, – I, I don't know. I, I guess yeah. I'm old-fashioned on that front. But Maybe
0: I am, amazing. too, because I'm right there with you. I'm right there with <laughs> yeah. you. At Gareth Smith on Twitter, always appreciate the time. My friend will check in next week, and we'll talk more about, about uh, spring football and, our, uh, and the coaching situation as well.
4: Thanks for having me on.
0: Always, always. Again, don't forget about my friends at Burkhart Air Conditioning and Heating. If you're in the market for a new system, at least have them come in and give you a price. That's all I'm asking. Okay? You choose who you want. Ask about their 25% energy reduction guarantee. And, of course, also, again, ask about, again, the, the brands that they represent, uh, you know, some of the top brands in the industry. You know, where, where the rubber hits the road is, oh, is is the service after the sale, though. Okay. Yes, they're going to, um, they're going to um, uh, pr- uh, build your ductwork at their state-of-the-art um, uh, compound in, uh, in Mandeville. Uh, everything is going to be handmade. Uh, all that is, again, just the personal touch that Burkhardt does. But, uh, again, the service after the sale and then educating the customers on, on, on again, their, their choices and what's the best choice for their particular home. Again, everything is, is is computerized now. They walk into your home. They measure your home uh, with, with, uh, with, again, the latest in technology, the load uh, on, on your system. So And, th- and then they get they, they let you know, again, uh, from a scientific standpoint, again, what you need in terms of an AC and heating system, whether it's your home or your business. Uh, again, you're going to go with who you, who you trust at the end of the day. I've trusted Burkhart for over 30 years. You can trust him as well. Uh, if you're in the market for a new system, just do me a favor. Have him, have him come in and give you a price. You make the decision on Burkhardt is your is your type of company. Once you sit down with them, I think you it'll be wise to be able to choose them. It's Burkhardt. Again, family owned and operated since 1989. ACPromise.com. ACpromise.com.
3: Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food. Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is Talking About It. We taste it for on 1061-Nash Icon and available online anytime at nashfm1061.com. This report is sponsored by eBay Motors. Ray Malozzi here. I don't cook much, but when I need ingredients for my car, eBay Motors has 122
4: million options. So whether I toasted my transmission or cooked my clutch, eBay Motors has all the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride.
5: Look out for delays on 10 westbound from North Claiborne to Canal and then delays pick back up on 10 westbound from City Park to the airport on the 610 on the eastbound side. Your delays are solid from just before St. Bernard to the 10610 merge and on the westbound side from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge. Look out for delays if you're traveling eastbound along the Crescent City connection from just before Chapatulas to the Camp Street exit. Look out for delays on the westbound side of the West Bank Expressway from just past Ames Boulevard to Avondale. On the 310 going southbound, your delays are solid from just before St. Rose to the luling Hornville exit. Look out for accidents Elysian Fields at St. Claude, also Franklin Avenue at North Rocheblade. Also look out for Fender Bender Martin Luther King at South Rampart. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the attorney Mike Bradner Traffic Center.
0: Beat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring steak night. Wednesday, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filet. Friday night's hot ball crawfish, 6 p.m. till. Private room available. Sports Beat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Beat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff sports, and hot ball crawfish. This is Eric Asher. Have you noticed that it's more and more common these days that products are hard to find or even sold out? Well, I'm here to tell you that air conditioning equipment doesn't have to be one of those things. The folks at Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating take your comfort seriously, that means they keep the product on hand so when your A.C. breaks, they've got a replacement ready. So never wait. Never worry. When you need help, trust Burkhardt. Visit acpromise.com. That's acpromise.com. And tell them Eric sent you.
3: The Tour de Lee is a bike ride through Fountain Blue State Park in Mandeville benefiting the Cancer Association of America. Many ride in honor of or in memory of those battling cancer. For more information on how you can be a part of Tour de Lee, visit Tourdele.org.
0: Welcome back to Inside New Orleans. Today's program is brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants, Oceana Grill, Old New Orleans Cookery, Mambo's, the Not Bar, and, of course, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, fresh off of uh, uh, the Metairie Parade route uh, and uh, voted number one restaurant in Metairie by TripAdvisor. Uh, with March Madness around the corner, with, again, all the um, conference uh, uh, basketball games that are going to be on next week, uh, leading in the next weekend. Uh, with the combine rolling as well, I can't think of a better place to head. I hang out and than, again, with 30-plus TV screens than Bobby Bear's Cajun Canada Restaurant. Because it's, it's a combination of, again, Louisiana sports culture and authentic Louisiana cuisine. Uh, Cajun uh, Creole cuisine at its finest. Uh, cocktails that will amaze. Incredible beer selection. And, and they're open late, seven days a week for you. So, again, get your friends, get your family, get together, grab a booth, grab a table, get belly up to the bar, and get ready to be on, again, on, on the 30-plus TV screens, be able to check out all the games that will be going on throughout March Madness. And at the same time, you're ordering great, great food, uh, again, and, 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 a, and a cocktail list that's second to none. Uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, so good. Yeah, you're right. Uh, all right. I want to thank uh, Gary Smith for joining us for the program. Uh, Glenn Gilbo from OutKick is, is is a couple seconds away in hour number two. It'll be Jordy Collada, the Jordy Collada Show. And then we'll go up to Indianapolis for Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints Podcast. But right now, my good friend, uh, Glenn Gilbo of OutKick.com is our guest. Glenn, how are you, bud? Good.
6: Good afternoon, Eric. How are you, bud?
0: Doing fine, my friend. First of all, did you get your um, – did you get your um, – twitter feed straightened out
6: i did i did got it straightened out uh yesterday I'm, i've been tweeting out stories uh today and uh they're still working on uh, getting rid of some of the uh followers and some of the, the uh stuff that the hacker did but uh, i actually right. have more followers than i did before because i still have some of the hackers follow mm-hmm. but uh, Got gotcha. you. Anyway, that, now, that was an ordeal. Glenn, what's, so was what's, the new, what's the new ordeal. tag? It's the same. It's the same. LSU beat tweet. Same tag beautiful. as ever. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, let's
0: start. I, I want to get into a few things today, but let's start with LSU basketball. Uh, look, I, I, I ranted a little bit as we started the, the show. Look, Glenn, look, we grew up in a time where, again, I think you could have trusted officiating. Uh, now again, with the, with again the advent of, of sports gambling uh, that's been legalized in this country, it seems that year after year, whether it's on the collegiate level, or professional level, uh, the officiating has gotten worse. Uh, it's gotten inconsistent, and at times it overtakes a game. Uh, I'm not I'm not trying to blame the, the the loss last night at all at Arkansas on the officiating because believe me, LSU did enough to lose it on their own, but the inconsistency of the officiating did not help last night. And, uh, you know, in my rant, as we open up the show today, I mean, we've got to get to professional fris- uh, officiating at some point. Where, where, again, it's their full-time job on the collegiate level and on the professional level. There's too much at stake right now, when, especially when you talk about those that are, that are wagering on, on, on sports, uh, to not, ha- not at least try to get it right. And, and, and it just seems that, and I, and I know it stems from, like, a lot of, lot of, you know, again, it stems from, look, when we were coming up, well, you know, a kid would go out and you know he'd, he'd umpire games or he'd go and officiate, and eventually maybe he would get into officiating, and then you know he'd do he'd do the men's leagues, and then eventually high school, and then college, and then move up. Right? Just, there's just a dearth of individuals that want to do that now, and I think the officiating has gotten worse and worse every single year.
6: Yeah, well, you know, I I I think it uh, I think it evens out. I mean, I cause I watch all the SEC games and uh you know if they're bad for all the games then um and, and and the teams then it then it evens out i mean Arkansas's best player filed out of that game last night with four minutes to play right. at his at his home court you know you know shaq never filed out of uh, assembly center um you know and and those were some bad files by l s u that were the right call i mean milani Wilkinson they got the guy they have uh, no taste around it. All they got to do is stand there and hold their arms up, and that kid's going to turn it over or call a timeout or something. But he fouled him, put him on the line to win the game. Yep, no
0: doubt he did foul. Moani, what's that? I said I agree. Moani did foul Oh
6: yeah, no question he fouled him, and he fell right on him. And Moani also did the hook and hold earlier, mm-hmm. which was uh, which was a tough call. Um, I it, thought that one could have went it, either way. Yeah, could have. Yeah, and it probably. Cause I thought
0: they no both question. hooked and, uh, and held.
6: Yeah, yeah, but the, it's usually called on the. Uh, let's see. On the uh, defender. Yeah, it's usually called on the defender, and Milani was on defense mm-hmm. on that play, right? Yeah.
5: Right. Yeah, yes. and,
6: but he but he missed the free throw. The guy missed the free throw anyway. So, you know, at LSU they, they get sloppy at times, and, and it was a shame because that was one of the best defensive games on no take all year. Yes. I mean, they, all they, year. They, they I totally, agree. Totally stuffed him. And they were – Well, it, it, was, it, was,
0: it was what they used, right? I mean, again, you know, running another player at him, I thought it was really – I thought it was a great design on the defensive end for them.
6: No question. No question. And, you know, Will Wade does the offense and the defense. I mean, it, it was brilliant. Uh, and the uncanny ability of LSU to get the defensive rebounds. I mean, Arkansas could not get a rebound, you know. And uh, so LSU played extremely well. They, they they kind of blew it at the end, but um, you know they're still a seven seed, and they are a dangerous team if if they can ever just kind of get themselves settled down. And, and frankly, I, I think they reflect their coach because he has trouble yep. keeping his composure. And mm-hmm. and you know it's it's fun and always oh, he's firing the team up, but, but it also hurts the team too, because they just get a little, a little sloppy, and, and they and they got a lot of talent. They, sh- they should be winning more games than, than they have. But, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I still think they're a dangerous team, and they can do something in the tournament.
0: Well, the, first of all, you got to keep Tyrese on the, on the court. With three straight games now that he's fouled out, uh, he is just too good of a player. Uh, and then coming off the bench as well, right, even though he could be a starter for this team. Uh, to be able to have him when you need scoring down the stretch and not be there, and and it as well. I mean, again, those two guys have to stay on the court. And there were some really stupid fouls last night.
6: Yeah, that that's the thing. And and you know, if if you're consistently committing stupid fouls, it's human nature for the refs to call a foul on LSU than it's than a team that doesn't commit stupid fouls. That that happens in all sports. It, it's kind of a reputation call and 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 human nature if you're getting penalized all year you're going to keep getting penalized you know and uh whereas if you if you play discipline and and you win more you're you're not going to get that many calls you know it's kind kind of the chicken or the egg so so if they can cut down on their stupid files then maybe they might not start maybe the, the number of bad calls against them will will decrease as well
0: now i do have a bone to pick with again the the, the you know what, what was it um uh, Williams, uh, the, the, the 6'10 uh, center forward for them, with again the block charge. The, the, the three charges that were called against LSU, uh, they look clearly to me on the TV screen as blocks. And it was just more of, again, just an anticipation by, by the officials. But they didn't lose the game on that. But it did put, get put uh, 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 if I remember correctly, it did put a foul on Penton and a foul on Easton. And, uh, and, and again, that ended up coming back to Biden with Easton getting Easton filing out.
6: Well, and but Jalen Williams did fall out himself with 4-7 to play, and that's their best player. And you see, Jalen Williams, just like I was saying before, mm-hmm. all season he's been he's been getting that charge. He's he's mm-hmm. good at it. Now, because he's good at it, and he gets a lot of those those calls correctly, he also gets a few bad ones. So he he gets a few reputation calls when when the fall was actually on him. But you're right, there was a couple on that LSU got called that that probably shouldn't have. Uh, and Jalen would have followed out earlier. But, uh,
0: Alabama on Saturday, Glenn. Uh, now let me ask this question. Right, The bracketology right now, six seed, seven seed, so it looks like LSU's in. Um, if they lose against Alabama on Saturday, does that kind of change the outlook? And then how many, after you answer that, how many SEC teams do you think get in the tournament?
6: Well, there's, uh, there's nine with a decent chance, uh, but they're going to, Eliminate themselves uh, down at the bottom there. You know Mississippi State, A and M, Florida, um, and it depends what they do in the SEC tournament, obviously. But I think you're going to get seven in. Uh, you know, I think I think LSU is is the seventh one. Uh, you know, I-, I think Alabama's in. Let's see, I'm missing somebody. Uh, who would the uh, sixth one be? Uh, possibly. Oh, yeah, that's it's possibly going to be A and M possibly Florida, possibly Mississippi State will be, will be that other one. And LSU is the sixth team. I'm sorry. Um, the, the seventh team is going to be either Florida, Mississippi State, or, mm-hmm. or Texas A&M. Um, but, uh, you know, LSU didn't hurt themselves by losing to Arkansas in their seeding. I mean, it, it would have been, you know, their best win of the season, probably either that one or the one over uh, Kentucky. But a loss to Alabama at home, because it would be at home, would hurt. You know, so they, yes. so they got to win right. Saturday, and that would that would make up somewhat for the uh, for the loss to Arkansas. But but really, even if they lose, they're probably still going to get in. You know, but but just to be smart, they, you know, just to make it more comfortable, they they need to win that game, and and you know they they probably need to win a game in the SEC tournament. But if they lose to Alabama and win a game in the SEC tournament, they're probably in.
0: Yeah. How good is LSU baseball? I know it's a small sample size. I hate asking this early in the season like this, but based on what you've seen so far.
6: well, My my opinion hasn't changed of them. I I think they're an Omaha team. I I think they're going to be a high-scoring team all season. I mean, at this time last year, LSU was leading the nation in home runs, and most of that team is back. Uh, But that was against lesser competition. Now they, They step up in competition in Houston um but um you know and I I still got some questions about their their pitching their pitching might be middle of the road but but they're going to have enough offense to uh to get to Omaha
0: talk about kid monkeys uh, lady tigers what what a season huh? I mean what a turnaround uh,
6: uh, and I mean she ought to be national coach of the year and and they don't give her SEC coach of the year that yeah the, that that was,
0: that was ridiculous game. snub
6: it really was you know and I, I've seen that happen before like sometimes the the, uh, the the coaches too. I think this was the coaches one yeah this was the coaches one you know sometimes they give it to the to the coach the year before you know who who should have got it you know but that that's ridiculous um, I, I remember uh, I, I've seen that in the Sun Belt too a lot um, but uh, yeah that I mean Kim Mulkey when you look at the team she inherited and mm-hmm. she improved the team by like twelve wins I yes. mean that, nobody. You know, she did it though. <laughs> her First year right. Baylor, you improved that team by 12 wins. You True, know, that's a great the, point. There's a lot of petty jealousy of of Kim Mulkey in the SEC. You know, um, the uh, you know she she came from another conference. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, I, I think that's what that is. You know, and and that's that's kind of it's kind of high schoolish uh, to see that in uh, in major college basketball. But she's clearly the SEC coach of the year and if not, the national coach of the year close to it.
0: I mean, Will, they, they were uh, predictive to be eighth or ninth in the conference, right? And they oh, ended up second?
1: Yeah.
6: yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, and,
0: that's an incredible turnaround. I, I got a feeling, okay? Now, again, look, I don't watch a lot of women's basketball, but I got a feeling they're, they're going to be able to make some noise in this tournament.
6: Oh, yeah, yeah. And she, she's, she's not. I don't think she's going to win the national championship this year, but, but no. she's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if it's if mm-hmm. it's her or Jay Johnson that wins the next national championship. I think Brian Kelly will win a national championship at LSU, but but it's going to be a few years down the road, uh, if, if not longer. I mean, he might get close. He's not going to get close for two years. In his third year, mm-hmm. he might get close and win it. But by this, Mulkey and Johnson, I think, will already have one.
0: There you go. Hey, Glenn, what you got coming up for us on OutKick?
6: Uh, well, I've got a story uh, that's up on our kick right now about Brian Kelly and his offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock, who both coached on defense in their in their younger days. Brian Kelly was the defensive coordinator at, at Grand Valley State, uh, and he was the safeties coach there as a GA. Don Denbrock was also the defensive coordinator there under Kelly. You don't see that much anymore, so it's just a kind of a feature on those two guys. Uh, and I have a column coming out tomorrow morning on uh, Frank Wilson being named in a uh, by Sharon Lewis uh, that that was in the Advocate uh, this morning. And then I'm going to start having some uh, LSU baseball. And then then uh, more I have a a Auburn SEC basketball story up right now on OutKick, and I'll have some more uh, basketball over the weekend and leading into the uh, SEC tournament next week. And you heading up to the tournament as well? I'm not going to the tournament. No, I, I'm not. Uh, but uh, I'll be covering it from the uh, television. And then I'm, I'm actually I traded off. I'm going to the SEC spring meetings in Destin. That's in in uh, May, and the SEC baseball tournament.
0: Boy, that that that's a tough, tough, tough uh, uh, <laughs> gig to head to the SEC uh, meetings, isn't it?
6: <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's hard working with all that sand and your toes man yes yes no you doubt about the, it no doubt about it sand. you don't want to get the sand on your computer you know because that can kind of mess it up eric so yeah that could
0: mess it up but, tough, but that you know and, and a couple there. brewskis and, and one of your nice cigars as the sun's going down on, on the dustin beach not a bad way not a way bad way to end the day
6: no brewskis while i'm right cigars while I'm there writing. you go no brewskis until a lot of stories filed you know that
0: of course, you're a professional. Absolutely, <laughs> at LSU. tweet, Glenn. Always appreciate the time, bud.
6: All right, man. Getting close to Jazz fest, buddy.
0: Yeah, baby. You know it. All hey, right, man, man. Final Thanks. four Thanks. here. So again, you might be down here covering the final four. We got a lot going oh, on yeah. in New Orleans, man. The spigot That's has right. been opened.
6: Yes, yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the final four. Got that that credential. So, uh, yeah, man. Have to do show live at that that weekend.
0: There you go. Sounds good, bud. Thanks again. Here. Okay, bye. Glenn Gilbert with it's each and every week right here on Inside New Orleans. Hey, don't forget about Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating. 15 trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call before they come to your home or your business. Nate certified technicians, they'll be there quickly. They'll get the job done right the first time. Never gouge you, never cheat you. Looking for a cup you can trust? It's Burkhardt, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Bombos, Old New Orleans Cooking, Bobby Bear's Cajun County Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar. All are open seven days a week. All are open late. We'll be right back. at Mambo's.
3: DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. Vicks NyQuil Severe tackles your worst cold and flu symptoms, changing this (coughs) into this. NyQuil Severe, the nighttime sniffling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold medicine direct the texting enrolls you in a recurring automated marketing text messages consent not required to purchase messaging data rates may apply
7: men over 40 is your body feeling softer and not as lean losing your energy muscle or sleep quality you could be feeling the loss of growth hormone as you age your natural production of GH begins to significantly slow down here's the good news GH boost from eugenics is the world's only non-prescription supplement that safely supercharges your body's GH production and helps you get a great night's sleep clinical studies show the ingredients in GH boost can increase your body's own GH levels more than 100%. Guys all over America are loving this product. Great
3: product. I just started using it and I'm already seeing results. I definitely feel the difference. Much better sleep and much more energy.
7: Guys over 40, you need GH boost. And right now, you can get a complimentary two-week sample. Just text CHART to 321321. It's killing it at GNC, but you can only get your sample by texting CHART to 321321. That's C-H-A-R-T to 321321. Text CHART to 3.
0: Today's program brought to you by the Oceana family of restaurants Oceana Grill, Mambo's, Old New Orleans Cookery in the French Quarter, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant out in Metairie, and don't forget about the Hideout Bar right next to Mambo's. All are open late, all are open seven days a week. Get out there and enjoy a great cocktail, a great meal at one of the Oceana family of restaurants. All right, hour number two coming up. Stick around, New Orleans. Online for delivery at bobbyabears.com. Open seven days a week for lunch and dinner at 4101 Veterans at Lake Villa. Bobby Ebears Cajun Cannon Restaurant. So good. system. Number two of Inside New Orleans, Eric Asher with you until 6 o'clock, 4 to 6, each and every weekday afternoon right here on 106.1 FM NASH ICON on your radio dial. Uh, Also on our digital uh, partners, iHeartRadio app, TuneIn Radio app. Uh, Great way to take the show with you anywhere, take it live. Uh, Again, you can take it on the podcast. Uh, Just a free download for you on both of those apps. And, of course, on the World Wide Web at Nash FM 106one and also com. Our podcast is everywhere. Anchor's our home base, but we're on your favorite podcasting platform. And uh, don't forget about the award-winning Inside New Orleans Sports. Uh, Sean Vazan, we've had we've had some really great guests back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Was it Jeff Duncan a few weeks ago? Jordy Collado this past uh, last week, then Sean this week. I'm um, hoping for a really uh, an outstanding guest for next week. Haven't uh, haven't uh, made contact yet, but I'm pushing for it. Uh, and um, so, again, tonight, 6 o'clock on LAE, 10 o'clock on The Deuce, 9 o'clock tomorrow night, every Friday night on, at, uh, on Pelican Sports Television, 10 o'clock on WLAE, 2 a.m. on Saturday mornings on The Deuce, WLAE TV 2, and then uh, 5 p.m. on Pelican Sports Television every Saturday afternoon. We'll have it up on our social media platforms this evening. Uh, at some point uh, between, <laughs> I guess, uh, between 6.30 and like 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, so, at uh, Eric underscore Asher on Twitter, Eric Asher on Facebook, Inside New Orleans Show on Instagram. So, check it out. Uh, or, again, you can always go to the WLETV YouTube page uh, where, again, they have the, the the full bank of every show we've done. Uh, oh, well over 500 shows now uh, in the can Force with the award being Inside New Orleans Sports. I uh, want to thank Gary Smith for joining us. Always a joy to have him on the program. I mean, look, he knows New Orleans sports, collegiate sports like nobody else. Glenn Gilbo. Uh, Again, now without kick, really covering the entire SEC instead of just LSU. Also covers the Saints as well. We appreciate his time. Coming up in just a couple minutes, it's going to be Jordy Collada of the Jordy Collada Show. We had Jordy on the TV show last week. I've got nothing but rave reviews about it. People have asked me again to bring him back on, bring him back on. We're going to talk about some of the stuff that he talked about on the program last week on this radio show this afternoon. And then we'll finish up going up to Indianapolis. Uh, The Combine tonight, the uh, quarterbacks, uh, you know, if you're looking to see about you know, who may be this next Saints quarterback, uh, you know, that might be, they may be drafting, uh, tonight will be a, a chance to be able to check out some of the um, quarterbacks that will be throwing. Matt Corral is not throwing. Uh, by the way, because of uh, his injury during the bowl game. Uh, but Ross Jackson of uh, Locked On Saints podcast, and he's with a new publication. I'll have to tell you about that uh, when, he, when he comes on. That's going to be at 535 this afternoon. Uh, so fortunate to have the Oceana family of restaurants as, as one of our um, our sponsors. Uh, uh, the Bader Brothers have been really good to me uh, as a time sponsor of this program. They've been really good to New Orleans as well. You know, they, they went into Mambo's. Uh, which was, again, a a, a strip club that was giving the city nothing but problems, right? Uh, ATC board closing it down, prostitution, and they Mm -hmm. went in, And they renovated the entire restaurant. I'm telling you, it's the most beautiful restaurant on Bourbon Street. If you didn't get a chance during the Mardi Gras season to get up there and check it out, man, get out there whenever you can. It's going to be French Quarter Fest, heading out for the weekend, whatever. Uh, The first floor, the big picture windows that overlook Bourbon Street. So, again, you can dine, have a few cocktails there. There's a bar downstairs on the first floor. You can step to the back of the restaurant. There's an authentic French Quarter courtyard for you uh, to be able to enjoy, as I say all the time. Beautiful by day, spectacular by night. And then on the second floor, take the elevator. Or maybe you want to take the stairs. But, again, I'll take the elevator to the second floor. Those doors open. uh, To the right is is seating uh, for the dining room. To the left is a a huge bar, uh, again, with seating around it. And then you step out onto a Bourbon Street balcony. Incredible. Uh, When you finish up there, you want to do a little sightseeing, head up to the third floor. And when you get to the third floor, the elevator doors are open, same scenario. To the right, you have, again, seating, dining seating, where you can sit there, have cocktails, or get a great meal. To the left, you see this beautiful bar that opens up. And, of course, as you walk out, you walk out onto, again, onto, again Bourbon, Street only, Bourbon Street's only rooftop bar. It's beautiful out there. Uh, you see, I've seen the sight lines. And then the food, spectacular. Uh, Cajun- Cuisine with something for everyone on the menu, magnificent cocktails for you. Uh, it is a beautiful restaurant to be able to dine in, uh, to have again your next event in. Uh, maybe again you're trying to close that business deal, maybe just a romantic getaway. Uh, again, a delicious meal with your family. Lunch and dinner are served seven days a week. You can also order online or find out more at Mambonola.com. That's Mambonola.com. And then right next door is the Hideout Bar. Uh, just a beautiful setting, courtyard setting, live music, uh, the 300-year-old building, again, where, where there's another bar inside where you can go in. Again, they also have food there. Uh, again, it's, it's just a fun place to be, uh, right there at 411 Bourbon Street right next door at the Hideout Bar. So, again, when you're looking to make some great memories on Bourbon Street, think about Mambo's and the Hideout Bar, all part of the Oceana family of restaurants. And, uh, uh, look, I was happy to see, you know, again, a lot of you folks know, again, I had a respiratory uh, 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 ailment uh, during the Mardi right before Mardi Gras. And you know, even though I felt good Mardi Gras day that I felt like I could have went out, you know, I'd struggled with my voice the, the week previous. And, and I just, I didn't want to take a chance at going out and, you know, having a few drinks and then, you know, straining my voice and not being ready for the week. I just sat it out this year. But I'm telling you, Oh, I was so envious. I'm watching the crowds on Bourbon Street. I'm watching it again. I'm looking, I'm thinking, man, Mambo's would be kicking. Uh, you know, Old New Cookery's kicking. And then, of course, you know, I'm an uptown guy, right? Grew up Webster Magazine Street. Uh, you know, again, Toth Parade. Uh, parades on St. Charles Avenue. I got a friend that lives on Milan, a couple blocks off St. Charles. We traditionally get together for every Mardi Gras, every Jazz Fest. And a guy I went to high school with, a guy I've known my entire life, my buddy Steve. And, you know, we go to his house. He said, has a drive a parking spot for us and you know, again I walk we walk to the corner and we go check out the parades and just missed it, man. But I tell you what, I was just so happy to see my city, the city that I love. Uh, having again, uh, you know, being itself once again, and 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 the, the revelry, and you know, the camaraderie, and you know, just again, the families getting together, friends getting together. Whether again, it's on the Edemian Parade route or the St. Charles Parade route. Again, you know, I had a lot of friends that again came out and just and, and went Metairie and did the Metairie Parade route. That did the the parade down in St. Bernard Parish. Some on the North Shore. Just a sense of normalcy for us. And now with the mask mandate being lifted in Orleans Parish, hopefully the vaccine mandate lifted by March 21st. We get back to a sense of normalcy because it's coming, folks. Before you know it, French Quarter Fest will be here. We have the we have the final four here in New Orleans. Uh, then comes Jazz Fest. You know, and then then comes all your, uh, the the great school festivals that we have here in New Orleans. That you know, every everybody's got a school festival they go to. Whether it's again your grammar school, your middle school, your high school, again your, your child's school. You're gonna get out there and either volunteer or be part of it. Uh, and, and it just gets a chance for us to all get back together. You know, we're, we're, we're a city that, you know, loves to be loved and, and also, again, loves to be able to be around each other and, and, and enjoying the moment. And for two years with COVID, we didn't get a chance to do a lot of that. And uh, I was just so gratifying to see, again, this city on fire again this past week. And, and hopefully, again, that's going to continue going forward. We need the money. Okay, we need it for the hospitality industry. There's no doubt about it. But just, again, the psyche of us New Orleanians, we need to get out there and be New Orleanians once again, uh, which is, again, our love and zest for life, uh, which is second to none anywhere in this country. And i uh, just happy to see it. Even though I couldn't get involved in it, I was involved in it vicariously. I was telling Rudy yesterday uh, that, again, uh, it was hard for me sometimes to get on Facebook and look because I, I got kind of jealous. I got to be envious because I wanted to be out there. But, um uh, you know what? Next year we're gonna we're gonna make it uh, we're gonna make it uh, even better than we could have this year at least from a personal standpoint. All right, let's head to the guest line. Um, he is so far ahead of everyone in the state, and, and, and again, right there with those in the country when it comes to digital media. What he has done in building his show, the Jordi Collada Show, over a short period of time, is phenomenal. Uh, he is an encyclopedia of, of information when it comes to sports in Louisiana and across the board. He's entertaining. He's informative. Uh, he is a member of uh, the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. He's my paisan. Uh, he was. He was uh, one of. The, he was the uh, the moderator when I went in two years ago, uh, and of course he went in this year, uh, getting the Buddy D Award, going in again the the Sports Hall of Fame, and uh, does a great job. Uh, in Bat Rouge, if you're not watching, if you're not getting the Jordy Collada show every single day, you are missing out on great information and great entertainment. Joining us on the program right now is Jordy Collada. Jordy, how are you, bud?
2: Hey, thanks for having me back, man.
0: Always good to have you back. I'm telling you, I can't tell you how many emails I got with you being on the on 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 the TV show last week. I mean, folks are saying, "When's he coming back? When's he coming?" You know, I had to tell them, "Well, he lives in Baton Rouge." You know, he's got a family, so again, I got to kind of work into his schedule. He's got a full-time gig, you know, with, with his with his program. But it was great to have you on the TV show. Glad to have you back on the radio show, and I thought you yeah. just did a fantastic job and so did the audience.
2: It was cool, man. It was it was great to get down there and spend the afternoon with you guys and see the studio and see your team and man i got back and was telling everybody that i'm working around on a day-to-day basis how cool of a setup y'all got what y'all have going on down there and we were making sure and sharing it and on our social media and everybody was talking about the studio and and, and getting down there with you and a lot of my new orleans friends who i hadn't heard from in a minute in fact a, an old college buddy who lived above me in, in, in our apartment complex. He's he's living down in New Orleans and just had his second daughter. Shout out to Kevin Redmond. He's a huge Eric Asher inside New Orleans fan. <laughs> so he doesn't miss an episode and he sent me a text message and said that uh he he had caught it and was looking forward to to me coming back on and it, it was great. Thank you, Eve, for your, for for the hospitality, man. It was great to be down. Thank you,
0: man. Uh, again, uh, uh, excellent guest. Uh, again, even a better person, uh, Jordy Collada. Jordy, before we get started, tell the folks about your show. I mean, I'm telling you, on fire, hot. Tell them all about it.
2: So we are uh, down here in Baton Rouge, and we started a, a digital media company, FM Digital Media, and. Uh, you know, we've got a couple of silos. We have got FM Sports, FM Cooking, FM Outdoors, FM Lifestyle, and you know, under the sports uh, category, Mikey Montook, former LSU baseball All-American, and I have a couple of shows. I'm going seven to nine a.m. He's eleven to one Monday and Wednesday and Friday. Um, and you know, we're just we're, we're on the digital we're on the digital highway, man. I mean, we're we're not on the FM AM dial. We're not on your television. Um, you know remote you can't find us there but if you have a smart television and you got YouTube you can get us pretty quickly and um, you know we, we kind of think that we're at the front of the line especially in the, in the market that we're in right now with digital media and kind of the movement of you know just our industry over the last couple of years as you and I talked to I me mean, to think about where we were two years ago to where we are today and think about what it could be two years from now I mean that feels like it's probably going to be a century of time traveled just in a four-year span in the industry of digital media. So um, we're doing some cool stuff. We're, we're, we're proud of some of the things that we've got going on, and we're really excited about the future. And, you know, we, 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 we're 7 to 9 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, and JordyColadaShow.com. Uh,
0: ahead of his time. That's all I can tell you, ahead of his time. And, and, and again, doing a great job, putting on a great product every single day. I got so many emails about the NIL conversation you and I had yeah. on TV that I yeah. thought I'd bring it to the radio today because mm-hmm. it was really great information from, again, what we have to do in the legislative end to what, ha- what has to happen for LSU to be able to compete within the SEC. First of all, why did LSU lag behind during this past uh, recruiting period in terms of NIL?
2: Well, I think from, from, from LSU standpoint, the reason why they were a little bit behind the competition is that they had so much to clean up before they got to NIL. I mean, the wake left behind from Ed Ogeron in the LSU football program needed to be cleaned up. The Title IX stuff that was happening with the institution and the football program was ongoing. There was a turnover and a lot of personnel within the athletic department. There, there were things coming down. I mean, there was just a lot to do before you could really focus on NIL. And he, by the time it was – you know, really, uh, the, the 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 time to 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 focus on it. It was recruiting season, and you know when you look up and you're you're, you're losing guys like Jacoby Matthews, who's the five star safety out of Ponchatoula, and Aaron Anderson, who's from right there in New Orleans, out a Car going to Alabama, and you know you're having to really uh, play defense against your own roster. I mean, you know, Keishawn Butte and you know uh, Allie Gay and guys like that were. We're we're talking to to other schools and listening to offers. And, you know, by the time LSU really had a chance to throw their arms around it and sit down and say, hey, look, we got to get organized here before, you know, things start really getting bad as far as losing players goes. Um, You know, the, the season had come and gone. I will say this. They had made up a lot of ground in a short time period. You know, I mean, a local businessman here in town really stepped up whether you know I mean whether you like him or dislike him or you disagree with his principles and his advertising and marketing ways you know that's your own personal opinion but one thing that i can tell LSU fans is that you know you all have the common denominator of loving LSU and so does Gordon McKernan. he stepped up and he's he's paid a lot of these kids and you know notably guys like KeSean Butte and some of the the incoming transfers to really you know sustain the roster be able to compete next season so LSU has made up a lot of ground in a short time, e but you know schools like Texas A and M and Texas and Alabama have really applied pressure to schools like LSU of getting it organized or you know you're going to get lapped, you're going to get you're, you're going to get left behind by, by the competition because the people that have it figured out, you know I mean I, I believe I told the story on your on, on your show last week, you know Tack Miner is is a friend of mine. He and I were college roommates. And, of course, he was the point guard on John Brady's Final Four team in 2006 and was, was, was a part of those squads. And, um, you know, his stepson is the number one cornerback in the country, Denver Harris, out of Houston. And it was his dream to go to LSU. I mean, growing up, he wanted to play at DBU. He wanted to play under the lights on Saturday night. He wanted to play at Tiger Stadium. He wanted to, you know, wear the number seven and Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, all of them, Right. Well, I mean, that, that, that was as close as three months ago. That was his dream school. It was one visit after Jimbo Fisher came into his living room, put a contract essentially on the table that's going to pay him X amount of dollars over the next couple of years that, you know, binds him to Texas A&M. If he leaves, if he transfers, he's got to repay that money. And when, when, when you look at it from that prism, I mean, this is a business deal. You know, I mean, all your hopes, your dreams, your I want to go to LSU, I want to be a Tiger. All that stuff goes out of the window when a school like Texas A&M throws a contract on the table and says, look, we're going to pay you X amount of dollars over the next couple of years to get your commitment and your letter of intent for you to play football at Texas A&M. I mean, LSU just didn't have any defense. You know, I mean, Denver Harris told LSU, I'd love to come, but... Can you pay me? And LSU, well, I mean, we could, but we we don't have it organized yet. Well, Texas A&M does, and I'm an Aggie now. And that's just how it it, it happens, and that's the world that, that college football lives in. Whether you like it, don't like it, disagree with it, agree with it, that's where we are.
0: Now, one of the things you brought out on the show last week, which I thought was very, very enlightening, other states have made it much easier for their universities to get involved in in name, image, and likeness. The Louisiana legislature has got to make some changes to the laws coming up, and the lobbyists have already, again, have reached out to them to try to make that happen in the next upcoming session. Explain that to the audience, if you would.
2: Well, I mean, the best example to give on that is the day after Kirby Smart beat Nick Saban in Alabama for the national championship, he flipped a five-star defensive end from him out of his own state. And the reason why he was, be, he was able to do that, Smart was, is because in the state of Georgia, the, legislator has, the legislators have written the bill with the language that says that the universities can make contact with business owners and say, hey, I need you to pay a guy. You know, like, I I got a guy I need you to work a deal with, and this is the guy I need you to do it with, or this is the player that I need you to do it with. And Saban and his law didn't have that. 48 hours later, Saban, I mean, to show you how powerful that guy is in the state, the law had been changed. And, you know, Louisiana starts their legislative session, I, I, begin, I, I believe, on Monday, uh, mm-hmm. next week. And I, I can promise you that on the docket, on the orders of business, especially from the LSU lobbyist, is changing the language of the bill because Brian Kelly and Will Wade and Kim Mulkey and Jay Johnson and all these people are in the lobbyist ear, telling them, "You better get us on a competitive ground, a neutral ground with with Alabama and Georgia and Texas A and M, to where you know we can have these conversations with business owners and you know allow them to to work with our student athletes because our competition is." And that's how fierce and, you know, how competitive recruiting is, because that's what this all comes back to. It all comes back to advantages in recruiting. And whoever has the slight advantage, like the state of Georgia or Florida, who can talk to business owners directly and put them in contact with a, you know, a student athlete, well, that's, a, that's an advantage, in recruiting that Florida and Georgia and Alabama have over Louisiana. And, you know, Brian Kelly and Frank Wilson aren't going to stand for that. They are going to be and make sure that within this legislative session that that language is changed and that LSU is on that competitive ground.
0: Now, since, again, the last recruiting class from what I understand, uh, the business community has come and, has come together to be able to try to be able to get a pool of money. Now, this will be helped by again the language being changed in the Louisiana law, but there there is a group of businesses that have come together.
2: Right. So you know, like <clears throat> the advantage that Texas A and M has over everybody is that they have a rabid, passionate, cult like passionate alumni fan base that will throw gobs and gobs of money at anywhere that Jimbo Fisher tells them to. And the list that Jimbo Fisher has is novels long. He could never run out of millionaires to call at Texas A&M who want to help the football program. Louisiana has those business people. They have very deep pockets. How passionate are those people around LSU is the question, right? And – these people are smart, they are savvy with their money and they're not just going to throw it at some black hole that's unorganized. What has to happen within the LSU community is that there has to be some type of organization and structure that is put in place. There's a lot of people, you know, within CAF that are on the same donor list or at least the same prospect list as some of these NIL businesses or, you know, people looking to raise capital for an NIL prospect would be. So these people are asking, if I'm donating money to an LSU student-athlete, do I get my TAF points? Well, LSU's saying no, because we can't work directly with that. And that doesn't make any sense to the business owner, right? They want a tax write-off. They want sure. something that's going to give them an advantage of giving away this amount of money. So all of that stuff has to be, you know, languaged and written and put down, and, you know, that's where Texas A&M, you know, they really, you know, for a lack of a, a better way to it, they really just kind of understood the assignment. They understood mm-hmm. what, what, what what was called for when NIL was legalized, and they got together with their, you know, passionate fan base, and they built a collective that's you know, there, there's reports that this collective is $50 million Wow! that, that Jimbo <laughs> can tap into. Right? I mean, like, I've heard reports of 30000000 million. I've heard reports of $50 million. Whatever it is, it's a ton of cash. It's, it's enough cash where Jacoby Matthews, who is a five-star safety out of Ponchatoula, who grew up dying to play for LSU, is crying on the phone with Frank Wilson the morning of signing day, telling me, I have to go to Texas A&M. My parents won't let me do anything else. The money is just, it's too... It's, it's too much. I mean, Jacoby Matthews' parents will be flown to every home and away Texas A&M game for the next three years on a Boosters private jet. LSU can't compete with that. You know, I mean, when Jacoby Matthews' parents say, call and say, this is what Texas A&M's offering, LSU kind of has their hands in the air saying, we're not prepared to have that conversation yet. And – I don't know if we ever can. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Right. if You can offer private jets and boosters, sure. saying they're picking up parents and bringing them to you know a game in, in 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 Gainesville and having them back in 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 Denton, Texas by 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 eleven o'clock that night. I don't I don't even know if that's possible within the LSU community. That's what's happening at Texas. That's what's happening at Texas A and M. That's what's happening, probably at Alabama.
0: Hmm. But but again, as you mentioned on the TV show last week. That is part of what, what the NIL is as well, right? Parents, student-athletes want to have their parents and their families taken care of. And, again, that's going to be part of any contractual obligation going forward, right?
2: So, in just, you know, our relationships with some of these student-athletes, and we've had some of these guys on. We've got uh, established contacts like B.J. Ogilary and Keyshawn Butte. One of the things that we learned in some of this NIL stuff, the players really don't want the money, E. They really don't. Like, I mean, for as much as we believe that they want all this cash, really they want to be able to take care of their people. They want to be able to take care of their parents. Their parents are hitting them up all week wondering, you know, wanting to know where are my tickets, where's the hotel, Where? how can we get to the game. Your cousin wants to go to the game that hasn't seen you play yet. Can you get him a ticket? Can you get her a ticket? This is all while they're preparing, while they're worried about, you know, blocking Alabama. And And worrying about you know making plays on Saturday in front of a hundred thousand, if somebody could just come in and say, "Hey, man, look, don't worry about your family. I got them taken care of. I'll make sure that they're at every game. I'll make sure the tickets are taken care of. I'll make sure that they're fed and they got hotels. That is such a relief off of those kids, off of those student athletes. That's something that you and I don't even think about. We expect them to catch the pass. We expect right. them to make the block. We expect them to make the the, 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 the pass, right? I mean, this is stuff that they're, they're stressing over. You and I don't think it's a big deal. To so an 18- to a 22-year-old, that's their life. That's their mm-hmm. world. If somebody can come in there and say, hey, I'm going to relieve that pain point for you, then that's okay. Then I'll go to LSU and play football. You know what I mean? Like that's, that, that could be as simple as the conversations have to be.
0: Once Ama- amazing to information. Campus, go, once they, draw, once they,
2: they get to campus, Once they get to campus, people are going to take care of them. Sure. The the, the, the the under the table stuff is still happening all over the place. This NIL stuff that's happening above the table and above board is just really kind of the stuff that we're talking about. Take care of the family. Mm-hmm. Take care of my get, get my cousin to the game because once they show up on campus, there's going to be some you know business owner that just wants to hang out with a student athlete. Right. Wants access. I'll pay for everything you eat. You know, what I mean, just just mm-hmm. come hang out with me.
0: Yep. No doubt. No doubt. Jordy, tell us about the show. This is the kind of great information you get, but it's, again, entertaining, informative, each and every day on the Jordy Collada Show. Tell us all about it, how folks can follow you on social media. Give us the whole nine yards.
2: Appreciate it, Dave. Yeah, we're all over uh, social media. At Collada Show is the, uh, is the handle. That's, if you just search that on Twitter, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, you'll find the show, and you'll find uh, you know daily clips that's always driving you back to our YouTube channel. That's kind of where we live, right? I mean, that's that that's our station is youtube i mean youtube.com backslash com show is where you find us and um you know we we would ask for a subscription uh hit that alert button and you'll know when we go live every single day and uh like i said we'll be there 7 to 9 a.m every monday through friday uh and we've got a lot of cool programming that we're developing in and around that time so a lot of cool stuff on the horizon down here man
0: Thanks so much, my friend. Certainly appreciate the time, and, and again, congratulations on a, on a on a great show and a great job, again, up in Baton Rouge.
2: Anytime, man. You know, I always appreciate the friendship and the mentorship, man. Thanks for always being there for me and uh, having me on. Look forward to coming back on.
0: You got it, bud. Looking forward to it as well. Thanks again. Jordy Collada, Jordy Collada Show. If you're not checking it out, you need to check it out. I'm just telling you. Check it out. YouTube. Look. Uh, digital media, uh, folks realize, uh, again, in our business that, that we're going in that direction. He's ahead of his time, okay, and, and uh, leaps and bounds, uh, and it's a great show as well. All right, don't forget about Burkhart. AC breaks down. We're going to need the heater next week again. Heater system's not working. acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Fifteen trucks in the field, 30-minute courtesy call. Most importantly, truly a company you can trust. It's Burkhardt Air Conditioning Heating. I've known the Burkhards, John Burkhards, for 30 years. Uh, They've been my go-to AC company. I'm telling you right now, never gouge you, never cheat you. Their reputation means everything. Nate certified technicians, high certification in in the industry, always doing continuing education to keep up with the latest when it comes to, again, AC heating systems, generators, that APCO whole home treatment system. They're even doing electrical work now over at Burkhardt. Burkhardt Air Conditioning and Heating, acpromise.com, acpromise.com. Today's program brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants, Oceana Grill, Mambos, Old New Orleans Cookery, uh, Bobby Bear's Cajun Cannon Restaurant, and the Hideout Bar all are open late. Don't want to hear you can't get a late meal in New Orleans. You get it at the Oceana Family of Restaurants all open seven days a week. Ross Jackson, Locked on Saints podcast, next.
3: Raised up, right. raised up right you're one of us 1061 nash icon has luke bryan tickets every every day Sunrise, sunburn, sun, luke bryan at the smoothie king center in august and nash icon is sending you there that's my kind of night. want tickets a pair could be yours every weekday while you work Get the code to text from Scott Innes anytime between 10 and 4. When you have it, text it to 68255. Luke Bryan tickets every day. Only from New Orleans' country giant. Shake it for 1061 dash icon This report is sponsored by Churches. Stop by Churches for the high-flying flavor combination of our Texas tenders and shrimp meal today. It's butterfly shrimp,
5: alongside made-from-scratch Texas tenders. Served spicy or original. For six bucks, Churches, welcome to the great state of flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. For delays that are heavy on 10 westbound from just past Elysian Fields to the airport. Also look out for delays that are solid if you're traveling on the 610 on the eastbound side from just before St. Bernard to the 10610 merge. And on the westbound side, backups are from just before Canal Boulevard to the 10610 merge. 10 eastbound, your delays are steady from just past City Park to the high-rise. If you're traveling along the West Bank Expressway, the Crescent City Connection, and the Pontchartrain Expressway, your delays are solid from just past Terry Parkway to the Claiborne Earhart exit. Look out for delays if you're traveling westbound along the Pontchartrain Expressway from the Claiborne Earhart exit to the St. Charles Carondelet exit. And on the westbound side of the West Bank Expressway, your delays are steady from just past Ames Boulevard to Avondale if you're traveling along the 310 going southbound. Backups are solid from just before St. Rose to the Luling-Hornville exit. I'm at Robinson broadcasting from the Attorney Mike Bradner Traffic Center.
3: Vicks NyQuil Severe tackles your worst cold and flu symptoms. Changing this (coughs) into this. NyQuil Severe, the nighttime sniveling, sneezing, coughing, sore throat, stuffy head, aching fever, best sleep with a cold, medicine. Uses directed.
0: Don't forget about my friends at Southern Tire Hickory and Airline in Metairie, where, again, you're looking for a new set of tires for, again, your vehicle. No matter what vehicle you drive. Again, uh, wheels and tires up to 30 inches, financing available. And then when it comes to, again, getting keeping your car on the road or your truck on the road, how about, again, ASC certified technicians? Same certification, uh, again, uh, the, 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 the highest certification in the business, and then uh, the same diagnostic equipment you give the dealership. You get it right there at Southern Tire. Hickory & Airline in Metairie Open Monday through Friday from 8 to 6, Saturday from 8 to 3. 504-737-1558 is the phone number. SouthernTire.com is the website. Check out their diagnostic page. It'll give you an opportunity to troubleshoot any problems you got on, on your vehicle. Owned by the Piazza family since 1972. You don't hang around that long in this town unless you're doing something right for your customers, Right? It's Southern Tire Hickory and Airline in Metairie. All right, I want to thank Jordy Collada for joining us on the program. Some great comments about NIL, really enlightening. Uh, again, don't forget about the Jordy Collada Show. Again, 7 to 9 on YouTube. Uh, you can check him out on, 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 again, those digital platforms. Don't forget this hour, this half hour, brought to you by Oceanic Grill. Uh, voted top 10 U.S. restaurant for everyday dining by TripAdvisor. 739 Conti at Bourbon. New Orleans' best breakfast. You can check him. Uh, you can check it out, again, starting at 8 a.m., going all the way to 1 p.m. Lunches from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m., and then the dinner service from 4 p.m. until 1 a.m. until the party stops. First of all... Yeah, the, the breakfast is spectacular. If you love breakfast, you're a breakfast, a breakfast lover. You've got to go to Oceana and check out the breakfast. And then when you get into lunch and dinner, uh, Cajun Creole dishes that, uh, that again, are fantastic. But this is a restaurant that has an eclectic men- menu, something for everyone. The cocktails are incredible. Okay. I'm talking about oohs and ahs as they walk out to the tables with the cocktails. Incredible. Dining Authentic French Quarter Courtyard. They got five private rooms. They can accommodate from 10 to 100, 120 guests. You can utilize it for the next event. They also use it for overflow like they did for, for Mardi Gras this past weekend. Uh, Family-friendly, dog-friendly in their in their fantastic courtyard. Great way to close a deal with a, with a, with, with again a business colleague. Maybe again uh, heading out with uh, friends or family uh, for a great dining experience. Maybe it's date night. Get on over to Oceana Grill. Remember, oceanagrill.com they deliver in the quarter. Oceana Grill is the best time off Bourbon Street. 8 a.m. until 1 a.m. daily. Alright, let's bring on Ross Jackson. He's live from uh, the uh, combine up up in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. Uh, Ross, welcome to the program from Locked On on Saints Podcast. But I want to I want to also again let the audience know that when you work hard and, and and when you you are are good at what you do, again good things come to you. And I happen to see it just in passing over the weekend. You're now we're going to be uh, working for another publication as well. Am I right?
2: That's
8: correct. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Why don't you
0: tell uh, us man. folks a little bit about it?
8: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Formerly, I was with uh, Canal Street Chronicles, the SB Nation site that covers the New Orleans Saints. I have uh, stepped away from there and grateful for my opportunities there, but we'll be moving my writing over to work with uh, USA Today and their sports media group with the uh, Saints Wire website, saintswire.usatoday.com, mm-hmm. uh, providing daily coverage and content over there, which matches the cadence of the, uh, the podcast, which also is daily, every Monday through Friday. So, very excited to be able to uh, team up with some incredible uh, writers and workers over there, including of course John Sigler and uh, Maddie Hudak, who is uh, somebody that has been a, a bit of a young up and comer like myself within no doubt. Uh, within this uh, this group. So, very grateful well, to be able to be heading.
0: Over congratulations! There. When I saw it, I'm like, okay, that again, that that a uh, job well done. Uh, again being thank recognized so for the great work you're doing congratulations my friend uh, i love having you on this program and now again that, that comes right to my email box by the way saints wire so i got you every day okay and we uh, re- <laughs> really look excited that. about the next chapter in, in your career
8: thank you so much no i appreciate it and i'm grateful to be able to uh to share it and uh, be able to you know be able to to, to be here with you and uh, all the support that you've shown as well on you know, me none of that goes uh without thanks so i appreciate you well,
0: Again, well, job well done, my friend. All right, let's let's get let's get it started. Look, we talked about it all off season, right? Don't even worry about the salary cap. Loomis has already got safety valves in these contracts to be able to open up cap room. He did it last weekend.
8: Yeah, absolutely. Three quick restructures: Michael Thomas, Ryan Ramchek, and Andrus Pete end up opening up over thirty-four million dollars, or nearly thirty-four million dollars, of salary cap space, dropping in New Orleans Saints from where they're projected to be $76 million over to right around $42.2 or so million dollars over the salary cap. And just a couple more restructures, three or four you know, good restructures will get them right back down there, and they should be uh, pretty clear of that salary cap more than in time for free agency and, and to get started with uh, you know, starting to work to retain some of these in-house free agents like Marcus Williams and potentially Jameis Winston, who Mickey Luma spoke about earlier today. So uh, it's good news for the New Orleans Saints. It's as expected as we we looked at all of it, but the New Orleans Saints weren't going to wait to wake up in March and go, oh, hold on, wait, what happened? We're how many Mm -hmm. dollars over the salary cap? They had it all ready to go and uh, are going to be able to just pull a couple more strings to be able to get down there and be able to start trying to look at how they can retool this offense.
0: Now, you're at the Combine. Today is the quarterbacks. A little late. They shifted the um, the time slots now, right? Everybody's pretty much started at four and, they, and all the way through the evening time, right? Uh, from what I understand, right. Matt Corral's not going to throw because of the injury. But if you're a Saints fan and you're looking to see if they might be looking at a quarterback, tonight's the night to be checking that out, right?
8: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. Uh, Matt Corral won't be throwing today, and uh, you won't see Kenny Pickett running any drills, the Pittsburgh quarterback, but somebody to watch out for. Uh, will be both Kenny Pickett and uh, Malik Willis in position drills, so not necessarily those measuring drills, right? Forty vertical things like that, but they're going to be out there slinging the ball around, and that's what you want to see. What's the anticipation? What's the, you know, the accuracy like? How well do they take instruction? How well do they adjust? These are all things that you're looking for in terms of mental capacity, as well as the way that these drills translate a little bit more routinely to the football field than you know running in a straight line in shorts, right? So I think that that's a big piece that you're going to be watching. If you're a New Orleans Saints fan, you want to keep an eye out on the rookies. It seems that the New Orleans Saints are looking at trying to get that quarterback position solved, you know, place outside of uh, the draft, but that doesn't necessarily rule them out at all of drafting a quarterback. So you're going to want to stay invested and engaged in what's going on with those guys.
0: Ross, what's your gut? What, what direction do you think they're going with the quarterback? You know, I mean, we hear Teddy Bridgewater. We hear James Winston. We hear maybe a trade. I think a trade with, with, again, the needs on offense is, you know, unless you're going to get an Aaron Rodgers or you're, you're going to get a Russell Wilson. I mean, I, I just don't see it. Uh, but, but uh, you know, what, what's your gut well, based on, again, what you're hearing what you and, and, and you're feeling on, on the quarterback situation going into the season?
8: Yeah, um, let's. I want to start with the idea of them trading. The thing that's most in, that's really interesting is, you know, how the the NFL Combine is. It's it's a great opportunity to see some of these young guys go out there and showcase themselves and help to set themselves up for the future. But it's also an opportunity to pick up on some of the conversation that's going on around the league and really, you know, be able to peer into some of those backroom conversations. And a lot of the quarterback veteran quarterback conversations have crept from the backroom to the front room. We've seen these conversations around. You know Aaron Rodgers reportedly negotiating a short-term deal with the Green Bay Packers that could make him the highest-paid player in the NFL. That you know Josh McDaniels, the head coach for the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, new head coach for them. He's declared that Derek Carr will be the Week One starter. The Eagles, Nick Sirianni, sticking with Jalen Hurts as their starter going into Week One and sort of co-signing and and supporting. Uh, his young quarterback there. So you're starting to see all those veteran quarterback options, Jimmy Garoppolo having shoulder surgery, not able to throw for 16 weeks. You're seeing now all of those veteran quarterback options that the Saints could potentially have traded for that we expected to be available on the market, all of a sudden start to dwindle, right? So with that being the case, free agency and the draft become all the more important to keep uh, keep locked in and keep paying attention to, which is one of the reasons why you're watching these young quarterbacks tonight. But my gut tells me that the New Orleans Saints – if you look at what the theme has been over their entire offseason so far, cohesion, continuity, familiarity – that Jameis Winston is very likely the target for the New Orleans Saints. That's what my gut tells me, just based upon what it is that they've been doing so far this offseason. If continuity, familiarity, cohesion are most important, then obviously that means that rolling with a quarterback that actually performed well in his seven games with mm-hmm. your franchise and in your system had a 14-3 to 3 touchdown to interception ratio, uh, was winning games 5-2 and two in starts. One of those wins of course closed out by Trevor Simeon when he had the comment in and in relief of the injured uh, Jameis Winston, but it seems to me that if Jameis Winston's recovery goes well and if Jameis is interested in returning to New Orleans that that would be an easy and cohesive and uh good way to maintain the continuity of where they found some success last year
0: what kind of a market do you think Jameis will have
8: it's going to be interesting uh, I think some of it comes down to you know his his availability in terms of his rehabilitation right how does his rehab go how does his, his situation go there but I think there will be teams that will be interested in him um the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Washington Commanders, I mean, there are going to be teams that are going to be interested, but I don't know that teams are going to leap to give him a multi-year deal. It just seems more likely that they're going to come in wanting to give him a kind of one-year prove-it deal that's incentive-laden. And if that's the case, then the New Orleans Saints could potentially set themselves apart in terms of their negotiation process, not by necessarily committing more money, but committing future years and being maybe being more comfortable than what some of these other teams would be able to be, considering that they've already seen him in their system for a couple of years. So I think it's going to be one of those things that you're going to see, you know, seven to $12 million contracts that are being offered on a one-year basis with some incentives. And then the Orleans Saints things might be able to be more appealing than that by offering two or three year deals.
0: Could you see whether it's a Bridgewater or Winston being a bridge quarterback and, and then still drafting a future quarterback?
8: I think it's absolutely uh, a possibility, especially if they they went ahead with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I don't want to leave him out of this conversation. I think he's probably the second most likely, just in terms of remembering, you know, continuity, cohesion, all those focuses. Teddy Bridgewater brings you that too. You saw him go five and zero in your system, and in a system that's not going to change too terribly much with um, with Pete Carmichael at the helm of the offensive side. Though there will be some changes for sure. And so I, I think that there's an opportunity for that. And I, I think it's more likely if they went ahead with a quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater to expect maybe a little bit more of a bridge quarterback situation. But if they went ahead with Jameis Winston and the right quarterback is on the board whenever, you know, the value is there, there should be nothing about this, you know, class or nothing about this. Uh, quarterback situation that the Saints are currently in and, and, and this year that they're moving into that should keep them from investing multiple ways in the quarterback position because uh, it's one thing to have the quarterback for 2022, but if you're looking for your quarterback of the future, you have to keep your eyes open.
0: Yep, no doubt. Positions you'll be watching for
8: throughout the combine? Uh, wide receiver, definitely a big one. They're you know doing their workouts right now. Um, Eric uh, on the screen at the moment uh, with uh, Texas Tech. He's somebody that I really, really like as a late round prospect, but you know there are going to be a lot of good, talented wide receivers that are going to be available in the first round as well. If the Saints can get their quarterback situation taken care of in free agency before they move into the draft, it opens the door to invest in one of those wide receivers. One of them that I talked to yesterday was Ohio State Buckeyes wide receiver Chris Olave, who spoke to me a bit about his. A relationship with Michael Thomas. they, they have mm-hmm. been in contact and close Michael Thomas has been rooting on those the you know he spent a lot of the, the season rooting for the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes and that very talented trio of receivers. and he talked a bit about how much he'd love to play in New Orleans. He loves the city. he loves uh, his last visit there went really well uh, up against Clemson, of course. and so mm-hmm. uh, he has, he has a fondness there. so he'll be interested in one to watch. He fits with the New Orleans Saints want to do. If they want to continue to find ways to stretch the field and build a complementary offense of receivers around Michael Thomas, he'd definitely be a good fit opposite him. And there are a couple of other wide receivers, obviously worth keeping an eye on as well. Bellis Jones Jr., the mm-hmm. speedy wide receiver out of Tennessee with Tennessee's wide receiver coach now being the New Orleans Saints wide receiver. Yes. coach, There's certainly some, uh, a, a bit of a connection there for sure.
0: Right. Ross, always an incredible job. Again, now, check him out on Saints Wire. Uh, you can do like I did, get it, have it so it's sent right to your email box each and every morning so you got it. And, of course, Locked on Saints Podcast. Tell folks how they can follow you on social media, and you'll be at uh, the Combine throughout the entire um, uh, for, uh, duration.
8: I, I'm headed back. I'm headed back here in just a moment to get just okay. with everything going on. I was there with uh, for uh, head coaches and, uh, and general managers, but I'll be covering the Combine uh, nonetheless all throughout, and the easiest way to keep up with everything I've got going on is on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A, Ross Jackson, NOLA, and uh, that'll get you everything that you need for all the work on the podcast, written side, and otherwise.
0: Congratulations, my friend. Uh, looking forward to, again, having you back on the show very, very soon
8: absolutely for always the pleasure you call i'll be here i appreciate you bud there you go
0: ross jackson again locked on saints podcast saints wire as well all right folks um before we wrap up the show one i want to mention we didn't get to it today uh pels on a three-game winning streak 125 to 95 blew out the uh, the kings last night at home utah comes in tomorrow night that's going to be a litmus test for this team uh all of a sudden again um uh, C.J. McCollum becomes acclimated. Uh, you, you, you just feel this team's on a little bit of a run right now. And uh, hopefully, again, they'll be able to sustain that uh, through Utah tomorrow. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, look, that last nine games of the season – are going to be kind of the tail of the tape, all against Western Conference teams, all against teams that are vying for position within the playoffs. Uh, but, again, uh, looking like they're ready to put a little bit of a run on. Uh, really great game last night for Brandon Ingram's 33 points, uh, you know, but uh, got to give a lot of credit to Willie Green uh, and the turnaround that he's done on, the, on with this franchise, no doubt about it. All right, we take a break. We come back. We wrap it up. You're listening to Inside New Orleans. Eric Asher with you until 6, brought to you by the Oceana Family of Restaurants. better known as the intersection of E. coli
3: and Salmonella. I have grown up in New Orleans. I've never really been anywhere else but New Orleans. Bill Noto has been part of the jewelry scene here in New Orleans for three decades. He thought he'd seen it all. Until he came to Diamonds Direct. First thing that blew my mind was the prices of diamonds. And I said, there's no way you can sell this diamond at this price. But Bill soon learned the prices were correct, and he had to join the Diamonds Direct team. As a jeweler for 36 years and been in New Orleans for this long, I'm amazed by the prices that we have. But it's about more than price for Bill. It's about having a selection up to 30 times a typical jeweler. The strongest warranties, higher quality, and an authentic relationship with customers. At Diamonds Direct, we educate. We teach customers what you're buying and how you're buying it. I'm able to really get immersed with the customer and to make them happy. So take it from a local jeweler and see for yourself what Diamonds Direct is all about. Diamonds Direct is the best thing that's ever happened to New Orleans. On Severn Avenue across from Lakeside Mall. If you're looking for a local professional Louisiana contractor who has thousands of squares of material in stock right in our Luling warehouse, you have found him. We can get the material out to the job and we can get the job done. Han Roofing refuses to use the cheapest products they can find. Why would anyone want to shop for the cheapest price for their insurance company? Call Han Roofing today. The number is 504 737 2228. 504 737
0: 2228. All right, folks, that's it for me. Thanks to Gary Smith, Glenn Gilbo, Jordy Kalana, Ross Jackson, Rudy back studio. Thanks to the Oceana Family of Restaurants. All the great sponsors sponsor our program. Go to ericasher.com for a slideshow to sponsor our program. Sean Vazan joins me next on the on WLA TV for the award winning Inside New Orleans Sports. And right here on 106.1 is the Life Resources Bottom line Sports Hour with Michael Green and Kenny Trahan. Thanks for listening. My name is Eric Asher. Have a wonderful evening. See you tomorrow, straight up 4 o'clock. From the dog kit to the gutter,
6: they all got to go.